All right, folks, you're getting a bit of an addendum here because after we were done recording, we started talking, me, Melanie, and Rob, and there was one question that, that we're making extra time for out of our busy days that we felt that should be answered. And it goes as such. What are your thoughts on government in a post-COVID-19 world? I'm, I'm quite an optimist as always, so I choose always to imagine the best but plan for the worst. Um, I, I think, you know, this crisis will be tough. It's, it's not over yet. Um, we're, we're just starting in our COVID response, and then there's going to be the recovery. This is going to be very hard. But for sure, I think this is going to transform us. Um, we are going to work and live probably differently uh, because this will have had an impact on us as individuals, as citizens, as public servants, for, in my case. Um, and so I think our priorities may change. I think some things will have worked to fix the crisis and to re recover from the crisis, but others will prove to be failures. There'll be things that we thought would work and suddenly they, they don't matter anymore. They're not important. I think we'll be more aware of the gaps um, that we have and, and the importance of fixing these gaps. Um, so getting a lot of clarity on, on where we are naked and really shouldn't be. Um, I think it'll, it'll really show how, how incredibly strong some networks are um, and um, how amazing uh, Canadian citizens can be uh, together. Um, I think there's an amount of solidarity that maybe we didn't expect. Um, I think we're going to be more aware of our capabilities. You know, I think all of us are kind of going, oh, what are the tools do I have? What, what are my systems and my standards? I think it's, it's obligating all of us to make a, a really on-the-spot inventory of what we have right now that, that can be critical and can help others. Um, and we're realizing that, you know, these, this capability, um, as far as government's concerned, includes um, amazing civic tech, civil society, private sector that really were here to help their country and ha help their fellow citizens. Um, so I, I think some of us knew of that, but I think others are just, just discovering this and are, are really amazed. Um, I think we're also hopefully going to be aware uh, of the importance of having a good government I think we're seeing that some public servants are, are true heroes uh, and we didn't know about them. And they're really heroes right now working 24 hours over the night in you know, places that weren't getting a lot of attention. Um, and I think we, we needed this as public servants. <laughs> we kind of needed the recognition that there are a lot of public servant heroes. Um, I think, I'm hoping that we are getting a sense that our democracy can work. I think they're tough decisions that had to be made and will still need to be made. I think the worst side of partisanship has been put aside. I was reading an article on how Canada is so different than the U.S. in that case. I think we're seeing our system working um, and that this will help us to be confident that our democratic system, the checks and balances are working um, and we're going to get through these big decisions uh, and find the right balance through our usual civilized discussion, um, even if we wobble a bit. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that this is really going to strengthen our, our democracy. That, that's my hope. Rob? That's great. And uh, I do agree that there is an opportunity here to really make 
Canada more resilient to these sorts of uh, impacts in the future. And that we do, at the end of this process, have to do take the time and the resources to look at what worked. And so what were the things that worked? How did we engage with uh, the various civil society and private sector organizations that did step up and contribute to helping Canada get through the COVID pan pandemic? And that um, if we do that, instead of just going on to whatever the next uh, chronic or acute issue is, whether it be pipelines or, or, or uh, any other issue, that, um, that we remain focused on what we gained from this process and, and then look to how do we continue that. So I think we do have that opportunity. I think that there's a lot of great work being done uh, at all levels of government um, uh, and all levels of, of frontline workers who are, who are making uh, unbelievable commitments to getting us all through this. So the, the, let's not pass on the opportunity to take what we've learned from that to build it into Canada's resiliency for the future. No, I'm definitely on the same page of, you know, I'd rather be the optimist, but there are realities of being a pessimist as well, which a lot of my guests in the last little while, whether it be Michael Geist or, or Jesse Hirsch, uh, have indicated like this could be a slippery slope, right? There, there are two very distinctive paths in front of us and the actions or the inactions that we take today will decide which path we take. Um, once again, sort of the, the analogy I've been using in many, in many of my podcasts is sort of like the Star Trek, the next generation route, or sort of the, you know, Elysium or Hunger Games route. Yes. And I think that mm. as a community, we have to be very active. I personally adhere and have adopted the philosophy that, you know, scarcity versus abundance. You know, humanity is typically much more creative and competent. And, and awesome in a world of scarcity. So I believe that we will come out of this on top. But at the same time, we have to understand that even through no real malevolence, that, that other path, the sort of the, the Hunger Games path, is something that could happen as well. So we have to be diligent, uh, diligent in our actions. So I hope that open government and open data will be facilitated and catalyzed to become the new normal, which is actually some of the language that I'm using on my website now about a, an educational program that I'm calling the next greatest generation, which is a reference to sort of those that survived and lived through the Great Depression. Tom Broca referenced them as the greatest generation because they essentially helped create a brand new type of world with you know the new deal and things of that nature but there was a clear demarcation on how society lived prior to the great depression and after the great depression and i think covid-19 will be that for us that after covid-19 this next greatest generation will have created something that is so much better than what it was before and i think uh I'll officially get off my high horse and thank you guys for joining us today on, uh, on the open, on the stories from open. I'm all over myself again. <laughs> thank you for joining us on stories from the open gov. Do you guys have any sort of parting words be before we conclude things? I think you said it very well. I think there's, I mean, this is an important moment. We all need to 
you know, be there with our best self to contribute to the shaping of, of what will be Canada post, uh, post COVID. And I think you said it very, very well. well thank yes. You. And, and, and from my side, Richard, thank you for doing this because this is part of the record of what happened. So this is an important uh, component of that, and, and thanks for doing it. Actually, you sort of put the fear of God in me right now, Rob, that future historians might use this podcast for, for, for research on our past. So I think I got to get a little bit better at what I do to make sure I do a good job of documenting. You're um, doing great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank and you. Uh, thank you for listening to the addendum, everyone. And uh, as usual, until next time, let's make it open.